breaking news this week. Rescue efforts have been forced to end in the aftermath of the devastating Indonesian earthquakes. The death toll has reached over 2,000 people, with another 5,000 still missing. I stubbed my toe on the coffee table this morning so they can all get over it. Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed as the judge to the American Supreme Court this week following an FBI investigation found no hint of misconduct by Kavanaugh in his alleged sexual assault of Dr. Christine Ford. In the same investigation, Bill Clinton was found to have not had sexual relations with that woman. Essendon has been cleared of any drug use and Bill Cosby is in fact a lovely bloke. In entertainment news, Nick the Honey Badger Cummins has left many people angry after dumping both Sophie and Brittany on the Bachelor finale. Critics are slamming the treatment of the women who signed up for a TV show looking for true love, whilst complaining that The Bachelor himself was not forced to enter into a relationship he did not want to be in. In finance this week, the Australian dollar hit its lowest value in almost two and a half years. In response, the Prime Minister introduced pennies back into tender, effective immediately. When asked what one could buy with a penny, his response was, your thought. Finally, in weather, Melbourne is starting to heat comes too many men that have decided it's okay to wear shorts and then spread their legs on public transport for everyone when I say no. Welcome to Breaking News, a new show here on Sin 90.7 FM that takes the news, kills the news, and will dress inappropriately at the news's funeral. I'm Chock, and with me this week will be our regulars for this season, Alex. Hello. And Cass. Hey, hey. And now, Alex, you've got a bit of information for listeners on the new show. As you may have guessed from my brief monologue there, this is a comedy satire show. We are not taking ourselves too seriously, so we just want everybody to understand that um, we are not trying to offend or hurt anyone in any way. We are Everything is said in, in joke and in jest, um, so we hope that this can be an opportunity for everyone to just have a good time. Well, the views expressed in this aren't necessarily our views. Uh, it's all comedy satire. Um, what's up this week, Cassie? So each week in Main Story, we delve into the depths of the biggest news items which come to light within Australia and around the globe. So, for our Main Story this week, Racing New South Wales' application to have an advert for the Everest Cup displayed on the Sydney Opera House's sales has been given the green light. Originally, the Sydney Opera House management rejected the proposal, but after being overruled by the New South Wales government, the fate of the Opera House was sealed. The fat lady had well and truly sung. Ever since it was built in 1959, the Sydney Opera House has stood in the world's eyes as the landmark of Australia. It's always symbolised who we are as Australians, and well now... It does that even more so. I mean, what could be more Australian than advertising something where when you participate in it, as either a gambler or a horse, you are both worse off in the long run? For instance, anyone remember Tony Abbott and that onion? I don't think any of them did each other any favours, or the toxic concoction of climate change and politics, Australia and bad Wi-Fi, and dare I say Barnaby Joyce and keeping his personal information private, or keeping his private private. Given how quintessentially Australian this advert was, instead of thinking why we allowed this to happen, I want us to ask, why just limit us to this? Admittedly, it's not as much as I'd like, but there is more to Australia than just horse racing and the chronic gambling addictions associated with it. Imagine walking around Circular Quay and there's pictures of a bunning sausage sprawled across the opera house. Or pictures of a fabulous lawn, thanks to the man, the myth, the legend, Jim's mowing. Or even better yet, a cartoon of our current Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, getting stabbed in the... What? <laughs> Turnbull got knifed? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's yeah. in charge now? Mm. Abbott? No, 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 no. Joyce? No, 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 no. Dowden? No, no, no. Morrison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh, well, that's the man that I guess I, I just don't actually have an opinion on. Does anyone actually have an opinion on him, though? No. no. 
In fact, well, we've just received an update that Morrison has been replaced in the top position by a murder victim. And that way our leader comes pre-stabbed. It's quite clever when you think about it. The race being advertised on the Sydney Opera House was the Everest Cup. The idea behind the advert was that the new event on the racing calendar, notice how I didn't say sporting or national calendar, could use the big name promotion to spur on its hopes of one day becoming a public holiday. Well, they've got more than a mountain to climb before they reach that peak. On its own website, the Everest Cup claims to be the biggest day during Sydney's Spring Carnival. That's like Kanye West claiming he's the best basketball player in the world after scoring 106 points in a charity match against a wheelchair basketball team. A children's wheelchair basketball team. But whilst I'm sure at least Kanye enjoyed his stunt, a survey found that more than 80% of New South Wales residents were opposed to the racing advert. To give you some perspective, 71% of Australians thought that Donald Trump would not do the right thing on the international affairs after he was elected. Simply put, people had more faith in the man who pledged to build a wall and ban all Muslim immigration than their own state government. The real problem here, though, isn't the commercialisation of the Opera House. It's what the advert is advocating for, animal cruelty and, in particular, gambling. In 2016-17, Australia's spending on gambling was $23.7 billion. That's on average $1,251 per adult. To put this all into perspective, with $23 billion, you could buy 1,900 M1 Abrams tanks, one of the most lethal tanks in the world today. And yes, I did say 1,900. Train 870 Navy SEALs and hire Chuck Norris with a BB gun, all to protect your donkey. Now, that's something that you could bet your ass on. Our message here is simple, New South Wales government. Look after our sacred opera house. Don't let it look after you. Now, mango season has been officially launched in Queensland with the symbolic first tray of the season fetching $13,000 at the Brisbane markets this morning. Every year, the first tray is sold to raise funds for charity, with this year the charities being Diabetes Queensland and the MND and Me Foundation. We are now joined by the winning bidder, Pip DeFruit. Pip, what made you decide to purchase the mangoes? Thank you for having me. I had a look at the mangoes and thought, oh, yeah, pretty good value, I reckon. You mean in terms of donating the money to charity, right? Yeah, that too. But mostly I just reckon there's some cheap mangoes, aren't there? You think $13,000 is cheap for 16 mangoes? <laughs> Why do you mean thousand? I thought I'm paying $13 for them. No, your your bid was 13000 Oh, ma! It happened again! I'm sorry, Mr. DeFruit. Did you say again? Well, it's not the first time we've accidentally spent big money on fruit. You're saying this has happened before? Me and me ma once tried to get into the strawberry industry, spent 200 grand on what we thought was a strawberry farm. Turns out it was just some statue of a strawberry. It's okay, though. It's now where our sister cousin Apple lives with her kids. Surely that's the only time this has happened, right? There was also the time with the orange. You accidentally bought a giant orange? Nah, some guy on the phone offered to let us trademark oranges because we were planning on starting an orange company. I'm guessing you were going to call it DeFruit's Oranges? Nah, we were going to call it Indigo's Oranges. Ah, uh, I get it. Because of the colour? Because indie oranges go into your mouth. <laughs> right, and, and so this guy didn't actually sell you the rights to the oranges then? Nah, instead we just got an orange... We call him Steve. Why not just call it Indigo? Because it's a boy orange. Oranges don't have genders. Well, now you just sound like one of them greeny Muslims me mums keeps talking about. I don't understand why you get to vote. This next segment is what we call Punching Down, a segment where we take aim at people that deserve it, to be honest. Uh, that's the only way we can put it. So, 
Social commentators on the UFC riot. This week in UFC, Conor McGregor took on Khabib Nurmagomedov. And by took on, I mean he spectated. Regardless of my thoughts of the fight, though, one thing was apparent. There was a lot of people surprised by the riot that ensued after the fight when Khabib went after Conor's coach by Khabib's coaches going after Conor in what can only be described as an all-out brawl. So you're telling me that you were surprised by violence at a UFC event. Just listen to yourself. This is one of the most violent sports in the world. Infinite egos beat each other up. And you're saying to me that you're taken aback by what happened? No, I'm not taking that. Secondly, our Environment Minister, Melissa Price. This week, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change warned us that if greenhouse gases aren't zero by 2050, we would not stop climate change before it hits the 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold, creating a future of uncontrollable temperatures. Sounds pretty official so far, I don't know about you. On top of that, 91 scientists compiled their report. 91 scientists. Probably accurate. I, I think that's the simplest way to put it. But no, 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 no. That was not enough to convince our expert environment minister, and by expert, I mean she used to work in the mining sector, Melissa Price. In response to the report, which had an abundance of evidence, Miss Price came back with this. To say that coal has got to be phased out by 2050 is drawing a very long bow. On what grounds? I'm all for an open discussion on issues, but this is basically our environment minister saying, eh. We won't do this for no good reason, apart from the fact that we blindly believe in something else despite no evidence. Because, you know, evidence isn't compulsory whatsoever. How many scientists will it take agreeing for our government to finally go, hmm, you know what, they, they may have a point, you know, they, they could have a point. She then followed this with, with that by 2050, there could be good, clean technology when it comes to coal. Rule number one of life. Coal and clean do not go in the same sentence. It's the same as Australian Prime Minister and long term. And lastly, Theresa May. This day jived into a Conservative Party meeting with Dancing Queen playing. I hate to ruin her vibe, but it's been a long time since she's been 17. It says a lot about your political climate when you're trying to get your own party to like you by dancing, insert quotation marks here because dancing is a very rough term of what she was doing, onto the stage. I guess that just must be the name of the game over there. Actually, now that I think of it, a more appropriate song to play would have been SOS, where she could have pled everyone to gimme, gimme, gimme a vote. But that's just politics, though. The, the winner takes it all. Coming up, we have a new segment for you here. This is a week in the life of our hosts. Now, this week, I was in charge of the segment for the week, and I am going to tell you about an experience I've had over the last few weeks where I've been doing a little bit of research into something that I didn't know too much about. Now, how much do you guys know about crazy right-wing neo-Nazi groups? Not an awful lot, I'm going to say. Yeah, not much, and I'm not disappointed about it either. <laughs> well, here's your opportunity to learn more. So, I was just walking to a bus stop one day, and when I looked up at the bus stop, I saw a sticker that said, Blood and Honour on it, and I was like... What? That sounds, mm. sounds kind of weird. I wasn't really sure what it was about, but with further exploration, had a look at the sticker closely, it said, no Islamic takeover on it. I'm like, 
that's interesting. That's yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is something that I can get behind. They had an email and a link to a website that I was like, <laughs> 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 what most people would normally do in the situation is go, well, these people are clearly not sane. Let's just let them be. I went, let's go interact with these people. So I did. Let's You're... poke the bear with the stick. <laughs> You're that guy who responds to spam emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could tell you about another time that happened in a different episode. But let's talk about the group Blood and Honor. So they are a worldwide pan-Aryan organization dedicated to the struggle for survival and prosperity of the white race. Because the white race just has it so hard at the moment, they really need to struggle for prosperity and survival. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's so tough. So they have this belief in this thing called the ZOG, which I'll explain to you. It's called the Zionist Occupational Government. So the explanation of this is that there is a secret society of Jewish agents that control the governments of Western states. Right. (laughs) So these people genuinely believe that, like, Donald Trump, Malcolm Turnbull, Scott Morrison, all of these people are being controlled by, like, (laughs) underground Jewish network of, like, special agents. Yeah, like spies. Quite the conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Anyway, they they refer to non-whites as the mud people. That's that's how much they respect um, people that aren't white people. And they will often refer to them as having a lesser intellect. At least they're subtle about it. Yeah, they are. They are actually very subtle about it. Um, I really enjoyed reading about them. So I spent a lot of time <laughs> reading about them because these guys are crazy. And that's to put it lightly. The, some of the What's stuff, that, What are some of the things that they do? Well, I, I will get into that in a second. But like after interacting with them, I got sent a field manual of like a, <laughs> how to live... <laughs> How to live a white supremacist life. Wow. So it, it contained all kinds of things. The do's like, and don'ts of white supremacy. It, literally, wow. literally, <laughs> right? Like, so <laughs> this is exactly as farcical as it, st- as it sounds. Oh, my goodness. Um, I want to read you one of, the, one of the quotes from the opening paragraph of the, the manual for how to be a white supremacist, essentially. Go for it. A normal society will only function as long as there are enough white people ready and willing to work, uh, sorry, to work to keep the wheels running. Okay. okay. <laughs> yep, that's definitely... Set. So, we, we think we know where this is going to go from here. <laughs> that gives you the tone of what the, what the kind of philosophy is behind these people, right? They are kind of strange. And there's a few ways in which they're kind of strange. Firstly, let's start with their obsession with music, okay? Oh, so intrinsically interlinked with white power is this genre of music called white power music. And they literally have their own radio station where they play white power music. And the way that they actually raise funds for all of their crazy groups is through sales of CDs of white power music. music. And apparently like loads of normal people just buy the music. Do they know what they're buying into? See, that's the thing. I don't think they do. Oh, no. And yet I did some research and there are several songs that have, like, references to (laughs) the Holocaust in the title and, like, not in a good way, not like, man, the Holocaust, that was a bad thing. They're like, yeah, let's have another Holocaust-type song titles, which I, I personally I'm just going to question... If that's you, if you like that kind of music and you're just like playing dumb in that circumstances, just wake up a little bit. Just there's <laughs> something in front of you I think you need to see. So let's start with that. Get that out of the way. Their obsession with music is just plain weird. But the real concerning thing is actually their relationship with white supremacy and violence. Because this is where we're going to get a little bit darker because honestly, it does get a bit darker. They Their battle cry is blood and honour, right? It comes from the battle cry of the Hitler Youth, 
which, you know, the moral people that you want to base oh, your foundation of who you are on. Yeah, a, a prime example of, you know, a real role model. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I'm trying to work out how to explain this to you because it really is, it was rough to experience and yet utterly hilarious at the same time. They seem to want to fight people and yet they seem to be unsure about whether or not they should fight people because they know they're not going to win. Right. <laughs> because they don't have any numbers. <laughs> um, because most people don't buy into this ludicrous idea of um, white supremacy. But, but they buy into the music. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> it's the music industry. It's, you got to make it somewhere. <laughs> so I'm just going to read you a couple of the quotes from it. And you can tell me what you think about these, right? So... We have to get a clear picture of the political scenario ahead of us and then get our priorities straight. Do we believe in the total evilness of ZOG and the coming of a race war? Do we really mean the slogan, victory or death? That is an actual slogan. Their slogan is victory or death. Like I'm getting really back to like George Orwell here. It's just, oh. These what? guys genuinely scare me. Who had the time to put this together as well? I'll come to him in a second. <laughs> no. Um, one of my other major concerns with them in regards to violence is they don't seem to have a concept of the fact that things are illegal. So, <laughs> um, it's a little I, minor flaw there. No, it sounds like a joke, but this is a direct quote from the manual, right? The terms illegal today in many countries apply to most of our beliefs, arguments, symbols, and activities. Therefore, we should disregard them. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, because acting outside the law, that's all right. Perfectly, perfectly fine. Well, that's what rules are made to be, right? They're made broken. to be broken, obviously. <laughs> um, it gets really concerning. Um, Do you, know you keep how- saying no, that. It's, it's concerning <laughs> already. We started this with neo-Nazi <laughs> and I was already concerned. Now I'm terrified. So this is where we get into... <laughs> they are the militant side of the organization so everything we've had up until this point is just like the bulk of it this is where we get into the militant side of it so this is the scary part of it is this an organization or a group it's a cult to put it lightly i was gonna ask how many people are part of this cult um they don't give you official numbers Uh, i I couldn't exactly like yeah pinpoint that yeah. yeah but um we can work on it in future um so the guy that wrote this he goes by the name of max hammer I'm going to guess that's not his real name. <laughs> um, but he talks about the fact that the, the right wing need to militarise themselves. Um, and this is how he says that they should arm themselves. By armed, I do not necessarily mean piling up heaps of guns and grenades. Some people are into this. And I would not be a, I would be a liar if I told you that I'd cry if some obnoxious ZOG creature got a metallic addiction between his or her ears. Anyway, the choice of action is yours. Oof. So it's it's I not know. a it's not a straight up condemnation of shooting people. It's more of a you can do it if you feel like it. Yeah, what, whatever. I'm not going to do it, but sure. It's if the urge comes along, why not? Yeah. Well, I thought about his name, Max Hammer, right? And given that that's probably not his name, he should like given the um, organization's like slogan, he should change his name to like Max Violence, because um, <laughs> then he could really drop the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a reference to Maxwell Silverhammer from uh, the Beatles song, but I, I mean, I don't know. Um, here's another one for you. I think you'll like. He does go on further to really kind of condone violence in a way that I'm quite uncomfortable with. And this is a quote which I think you guys will be not particularly happy with. Intimidation, threats and beatings have worked well for the red bastards for many for years and years. Don't you think it's payback time is long overdue? Oh. 
I don't know about I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm just, not sure where to go with that. I'm lost for words. I, I don't know what I'm meant to say at this point. That's just... That's scary. It's downright scary. And here's the final one, which um, I'm going to use some going to use some language in here, which I wouldn't use normally, but I want to emphasize what they actually say in their own messaging. Like, this is what they actually say. Many of the patriots get their aggression out by queer and packy bashing. It's our job to channel the raw force and fury into a constructive Aryan military. These guys are psychos. They are full-on crazy. Like, they are taking the anger of young, crazy right-wing people and saying, yeah, let's make an army. I mean, crazy um, people like this isn't, like, new news, but it is interesting that you've literally been sent the pamphlet and you've gone (laughs) through the organisation. Please tell me this was on, like, a... You know, not your actual email. No, this was on my actual email. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> so the the best part about this for me, though, right, is that because I was communicating with them via email, I'm yeah. a white person, but they didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you communicated, so it wasn't just like you got the pamphlet. And no, 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 no. I you emailed back and forth with them. Yeah. Conversations. There was an exchange. Yeah. But I personally love the fact that they had no idea whether or not I was white. Like, I found this at a bus stop in Melbourne. Like, I don't know what the percentage population of people in Melbourne that aren't white, but it's got to be, like, reasonably high, right? Yeah. You'd think Fair so. Yeah. And so I just, like, email them out of nowhere being, like, <laughs> just saying to them, basically along the lines of, yeah, I'm interested in what you got to say. And they're like, yeah, come become a neo-Nazi <laughs> with us. Sign him up. We don't even know who he is. So, yeah. Anyway, that's what I did this week. <laughs> yeah. Um- Next week, uh, don't go any further with the communication, if that's all right. So what I want to... The, some of these threats of violence genuinely scare me a little bit. And so what I what I might do this week, I'm going to actually, like, depending if I can get some more communication from them, if I get any kind of solid evidence that there is a genuine plan involving in here, I was thinking I'd take it to the police and, <laughs> and see if they were interested in the information and, the, you know. So maybe next week I will come back with an update on... Potentially, hey, we got these guys thrown in jail. We've literally <laughs> got exclusive news. <laughs> We're already getting some good reporting done out of the way. It's actual breaking news. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> now, coming up, it's called fake news. Um, and the way this works is it's a quiz that I've devised for you guys. And there's going to be four rounds of questions, okay? Each round will have three options of news headlines that are so wacky and crazy that all of them will seem unbelievable. Um, and you've got to try and work out which one is true out of the three. Okay, so it'll be two false and one true. Okay. You've got I, me I, too. I, I'm keen. I'm super excited. Alrighty. So our first one. Drunk birds are causing havoc in Minnesota town. Police say they'll sober up soon. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay, let's hit the That other is one. option A. Yeah. Option B. North Korean cats rounded up and sent south for slaughter. That sounds like the kind of thing the North Koreans would do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did get the hint of North Korean cats when we were you coming did. in. We did. We did. True. And C, wombat grounds flight in Sydney. Wait, what? Wombat? Wombat grounds flight in Sydney. <laughs> That's what would a wombat have to do? <laughs> probably trying to fly the plane. Wombats are pretty deadly, though. If you, I, I haven't run over a wombat per se, but if you run over a wombat on a road... You're off the road. That wombat is staying. I feel like if you're running off the, if you're running over a wombat, it's going to be quite deadly for the wombat as well. <laughs> it will be, but they're they're quite um, resilient little creatures. <laughs> to your point, Alex, imagine if you just like open the cockpit door and there's just a wombat <laughs> in your seat. <laughs> just get out. I'm driving. He's got the captain's hat on. He's got the tie. He's got everything. I am the captain now. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> We're hijacking this part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Which one do you think it is? I just can't see a wombat grounding a flight. Um, I know something else grounded a flight this week, so I feel like it wasn't the wombat. The drunk birds is an interesting one. <laughs> I think it's the drunk birds one. Um, I have no good reason whatsoever because they're all preposterous. <laughs> the fact that one of these is true is actually the ridiculous thing about this segment. I love it. I Somewhere love the- in the world, one of these has happened. I-, I love that one of these is true. I remember reading the Drunk Birds one. I can't remember whether or not I read it on an actual <laughs> news <laughs> website or on like The Onion or something. <laughs> so I'm not sure whether or not it's actually true, but I remember reading it somewhere that there were like Drunk Birds. Um, so Cheating. I will say... I will say that the drunk birds is true as well. You guys have done so well for round one. That is correct. Drunk birds were causing havoc in a Minnesota town. Police say that they did sober up. <laughs> Can we? That's how did they get drunk? Uh, it was in the fruit that they were eating. So on a particular oh. tree, they were consuming these like berries and <laughs> all just <laughs> walking around. Well, I shouldn't say walking around. They were stumbling around, really. Could I tell quickly tell a brief story of? Um, without endorsing any kind of substances whatsoever. We once had a party at my house where um, <laughs> some people once fed um, some jello shots to my dog at the time. Oh, no. And, and seeing my drunk Labrador <laughs> stagger around is one of the funniest things I've seen what in my life. Down, Alex? <laughs> she had a great time. Oh, wow. She I must remember... have had a few jello shots. <laughs> yeah, she had a fair few. I remember earlier in this show condemning animal cruelty. It's just <laughs> something I remember doing... Um, Interesting way of going about it. Alrighty. Round two. This round two has a little bit of a sports theme to it. Uh, option A. NFL urges pass rushers to try reaching peaceful resolutions with quarterbacks before resorting to tackling. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so it's option. just like, don't tackle me. Don't tackle. <laughs> Negotiate. I'm pretty Negotiate. sure we can sort this out some other way. It's a peace treaty. Option B, Lawrence Thomas forgets to call time on A-League career after severe grand final concussion. (laughs) (laughs) Option C, Eagle star Andrew Gaff leads push to introduce red card system to AFL despite big blow. Oh, jeez, really? Can you imagine if that was true? Yeah, he's just like the guy who basically king hits someone's like, oh yeah, we should definitely have red cards. I really hope that Lawrence Thomas has forgotten. That that would be really fu- funny. What was the first one again? The oh, the peace yeah, treaty. The peace treaty between the NFL players. There is another way we can resolve this game. Um, For those people who don't know out there, by the way, I should mention that Lawrence, Lawrence Thomas is slash potentially was the goalkeeper for Melbourne Victory in the Hyundai A League. I I think I remember reading the NFL story on the Onion vaguely. What? Yeah, I have I have no idea. I can't imagine that's true though, because like, <laughs> surely um, it not. Would lose, surely not. The sport would lose its identity <laughs> if there wasn't like if, crushing tackles. I, I will happily give up now if that one's true. <laughs> I'm gonna go that Lawrence Thomas has forgotten to retire due to concussion. I'm gonna go with Andrew Gaff. Chuck doing really well this afternoon. It was Andrew Gaff. 2-1. Lawrence Thomas has re-signed for next season coming oh, up. Did, um, did, did he at least forget to re-sign for an indefinite period? <laughs> no, he didn't. That was the really sad part. Uh, but I was pretty happy with myself when I wrote that one. And that you fell for it too. <laughs> but no, uh, Andrew Gaff is leading the push to introduce a red card system in the AFL, which is rather ironic, I thought. Yeah. Ironic or remorseful? Mm. Both. Probably both. Next one, Cass. Next one has a food taste to it. A, world's first hot dog ATM opens up in Malaysia. God, I hope so. That sounds awesome. 
Option B, Canadian eatery puts tiny chairs around the little table that comes inside pizza boxes. (laughs) (laughs) Or option C, activated charcoal, kale and tahini reduction hailed miracle superfood of the century. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wait, what were the foods again? So we had activated charcoal, kale, and tahini reduction. What is activated charcoal? Is it like charcoal with a purpose? It's, it's, not, no. it's got like absorbing <laughs> properties. So it's used as like a, like when you go on a toxic, uh, what do you call it? No, 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 you're wrong. It's, I'm wrong. It's, it's the evolution of Charizard. So it's Charizard evolves into charcoal and then it's charcoal, activate. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. That <laughs> happened. Um, Lots of people use it as a detoxing agent. Interesting. Um, what were the first two options again? <laughs> I've just completely <laughs> lost an arm of activating charcoal. So, the world's first hot dog ATM opens oh up my in Malaysia. God, that would thing would run out immediately. That sounds like the kind of thing that Asia would actually do. Like, and if, if anybody's read about Japan and all the crazy stuff they I do, I love some of the things they have there. They're, they're nuts. Like that. That's the one that sounds real to me. And I I will credit you on your joke writing skills for the other two. And I'm gonna say I reckon hot dog is true. And what was the second one? The Canadian eatery puts tiny tiny chairs around the little table that comes inside pizza boxes. See, I'm going for that one because I feel like people are like, oh, this is a solid marketing (laughs) play slash joke. That would be the exact thing. If if no if this if you've made that one up and that isn't true, somebody jump on that. Like that is the. It's a big business waiting to happen. So much potential. Shark Tank, jump on it. (laughs) Chuck's Pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't quite have the ring to it. No, it doesn't. But uh. Um, Chuck is absolutely on fire. It was the Canadian eatery. Three one little, and it is, sorry, you little chairs around the table. That's it is brilliant. Oh, one nil, I, Alex. I That's did think so yeah. brilliant. Alrighty, and to round us off today. Wait, just question: How did yeah. you come up with the <laughs> the charcoal <ADM> hot dogs? <laughs> oh, that was based on a few different articles that I'd read, and so I was like, oh, they had other, um, you know, those inventions that they've created in, like you were saying, in China. Yeah. Um, it was just sort of a. A wild twist on that. Whilst I was travelling in Europe, you can find ATM machines. They're they're not quite ATM machines, but they're kind of like ATM machines that have ovens inside them to keep food warm. So you can get like oh, that's cool. Um, burgers and like sausage rolls and stuff, and they are awful. Do not do oh, not really? get anything from them. There's ones that do like pizzas as well, made to order, and you can just rock up and you tap and go. And do they have chairs in the middle? <laughs> Those if not, ones are not think getting so. them. Alrighty, and number four. Your first option, vodka healing properties uncovered during medicinal trial gone wrong. Option. <laughs> I'm curious to know how it went wrong. Option B, Charlie the dog's life saved by drinking vodka. I predicted this. <laughs> or option C, oceanographer's concern over viscous deep sea vodka vents. What is a deep sea vodka vent? So you know like those like deep sea vents that like expel... In other parts of the world, obviously, like hydrogen and those sorts of things coming out of the water. Yeah. Well, this was a uh, a viscous deep sea vodka vent that oceanographers found. She made that up. No, no. there's, there's <laughs> no way in hell there potato, is a deep right? sea vodka <laughs> vent. Vodka's come from a potato, right? I'm not going mad. Yeah. So is there just like a potato farm under the sea and it's just there, like... There is no way in hell there is a deep sea vodka vent. I'm sorry. I just straight up not buying that one. What were the other two again? The vodka healing properties uncovered during medicinal trial gone wrong, or Charlie the dog's life saved by saved by drinking vodka. See, I've watched what happens when you put large amounts of vodka in dogs. You and, are a terrible human being, Alex. And I would argue that it's actually quite a good result. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say Charlie the dog's life saved 
after consuming large amounts of vodka. Do you reckon what went wrong in the medicinal trial was that the guy got drunk? <laughs> they did a vodka trial. It's like, oh, such a shame. He got drunk. We can't do this. <laughs> I feel like that would kind of defeat the purpose of a vodka trial. I know, but the, I mean, who's doing a vodka trial? Excellent question. I'm Which... going to pick that one just to be different. So Chuck is going with A, the vodka healing properties headline. <laughs> yes. And Alex with Charlie the dog. Come on, Charlie the dog. Charlie the dog is correct, Yes. Alex. <laughs> Tell you, you put large amounts of alcohol in dogs, they do okay. The dog was actually... No, we, po- are, we are not endorsing that. <laughs> We're not encouraging people at home to put alcohol in their dogs. The dog was um, poisoned by this other substance that I can't remember the name of, but... Um, they decided that the only option it had left was to do what they did to another dog previously that had eaten the same thing, and they gave it um, vodka, and it it did subsequently get drunk <laughs> and got better after his hangover. Had a great time. Got a tattoo <laughs> that it definitely didn't regret later. Uh, this is just wrapping up our very first show. I hope you all enjoyed it from wherever you were listening. Uh, we're on Facebook, so you can keep updated on all the updates there. Uh, from myself, Chuck. My name's Alex Henry. I'm Cassie Semple. Have a nice day, everyone, and see you next week from Friday, 3 till 4 p.m.